Palestinian Christians don't read the Bible in the same way. And I think we need to remind each other that there are Palestinian Christians in Palestine. A lot of people who are unquestioningly in support of everything that the Israeli government does fail to recognize the existence of the Palestinian church. Hi, my name is Dan Dick, and this is Church Matters. Thanks for joining me today for a second and final installment of our two-part series on a Christian call for justice in Palestine and Israel. We'll pick up where we left off on our last episode with Byron Rempel Burkholder. In July of this summer, 2016, nearly 360 delegates at Mennonite Church Canada's assembly voted in favor of a resolution seeking peace, justice, freedom, and security for Palestinians under Israeli government policies that continue to support new settlements in occupied Palestinian territories. The building of these settlements can mean the theft of land, bulldozing of Palestinian homes and farms, restricted movement of Palestinian peoples, and reduced access to resources such as drinking water. This resolution came as the result of a plea from Palestinian Christians who believe it is God's will that Israelis and Palestinians live with one another in peace. Jewish settlement on occupied Palestinian territory have increased, making it more difficult for Palestinians to, to have their own state, which is what the international community has, has called for. The walls separating Palestinians and Israelis have been, continued to be constructed, roads separating those communities, uh, restricting access. And, and we have to realize, Dan, that in Palestine today, and by that I mean the West Bank and East Jerusalem particularly, there is a small but significant minority of Palestinians who are Christians, and they are raising their voices in protest. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. They are seeking to be a witness in this land where Jesus was born, lived, died, and rose again, and where the church was born. And we are realizing now that we can't ignore their voice any longer. They are saying that uh, traditional relief and development work may be good, but it's not enough. We need to be addressing the root causes of the social problems that we've been working with there. And a lot of that has to do with the military occupation of their lands. More and more Mennonites are hearing these cries for justice. They've gone on learning tours, they've done volunteer work, and they come back very concerned and often shaken at what they see. So I think that's why it comes at this moment. Byron, are there also among the Israeli people and the Jewish people groups who support the Palestinians? Oh, yes, definitely, both in Israel and outside of Israel, around the world. I can just name some organizations. There's the Committee uh, Against House Demolitions, which is an Israeli group uh, that is uh, working against uh, the Israeli military's destruction of Palestinian homes. There is an organization in the United States called Rabbis for Human Rights that has been very active uh, against some of the settlement activity. Uh, here in Canada, we have independent Jewish voices. Uh, there's Jewish Voice for Peace in the States. I could go on and number, uh, uh, mention a number. So it's important to realize that among the Jewish people, there is a broad spectrum of feeling on, on what needs to happen for peace. In and, and even in addition to that, I recently read an article about um, 
uh, Israeli conscientious objectors. They refused to serve in the Israeli military because of the uh, injustice and the ways that the Palestinians are being treated. That's right. You have uh, conscientious objectors. You have Israelis uh, in prison right now because they refuse to be involved in a military that occupies another land in violation of the Geneva Fourth Convention. There is also an organization called Breaking the Silence where people who have served in the Israeli military speak out about what they experienced and what they were required to do. Uh, in the Palestinian territories, and it's very chilling to hear some of their stories. And and these stories would be close to the hearts of many Mennonites who uh, some of our ancestors uh, would have, as recently as my grandparents' generation, would have uh, uh, been conscientious objectors during World War II here in Canada. Yes. There, there are a lot of resources where uh, Israeli people who have served in the military tell their stories and express their regrets. And, and that's over the, the, the course of Israel's history, even going back to 1948. So a collective sense of regret and remorse. Yes. Here in Canada, many Mennonites have Christian friends and family who disagree with actions that would be seen as being against Israel. Others have friends, neighbors, and colleagues who are Jewish. This resolution puts many of us in an uncomfortable place. What guidance do you have for those of us here at home in Canada who may feel threatened and conflicted by this resolution? A very important question. I'm glad you're asking these tough questions. Both parts of your question carry some assumptions that I think must be challenged. Uh, let me start with the first part about relating to Jewish friends and colleagues and neighbors. We need to relate to them with humility, empathy, respect, and love. Our resolution recognizes the fact that Jewish people have suffered enormously in history. The Holocaust and the Second World War was a terrible tragedy, and the continuing racism today, I think we recognize that as evil. So the resolution reflects that, and, and I think as Mennonites, we know what it's like to be a persecuted people displaced from our lands. So over the years, we've had many good connections with the Jewish community because of shared history. We need to listen to the stories. We need to find ways to open up ways of hearing each other's stories. Um, this resolution encourages such connections, both with the Jewish community and with the Palestinian community. And I think we need to realize that the Palestinian community is also a traumatized people, especially today. So we're dealing with two oppressed communities. But we also need to make clear that our protest against Israel's occupation of the West Bank and uh, the, the territories is, is not a personal vote against the Jewish people. I have real trouble with the assumption that Israel must never be criticized for anything and that if you criticize Israel, you must be against the Jewish people. I think that's an easy assumption to criticize, both for Jews and Christians. We just have to look at the prophets in the Old Testament. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Joel, Amos, they provide us a shining example of people who love Israel, and because they love Israel, they protest when its policies are unjust. 
Just because you call a government to account for violations of human rights, whether that's our own country for its treatment of our Aboriginal uh, Indigenous people, or whether it's China for the way they treat their dissidents, does not mean you are against the people of Canada or against the people of China. We need to get rid of that assumption. Calling a nation to account for unjust actions is actually an, an act of love. So our resolution calls us to build bridges, to learn about what is going on, to address root causes. So if you feel threatened by the resolution, my advice is to study the resolution, pray over it, discern over it, learn. Mennonite Church Canada uh, has some wonderful resources that you can uh, borrow or you can download, discussion guides. Uh, the resolution itself calls for this kind of, of, of study and discernment. My favorite part of the resolution that I'd like to, to, to quote is the uh, second pearl. It says, We commit ourselves to ongoing prayer, searching and discernment concerning the ways in which we as congregations, communities, and church members are impeding or facilitating, ignoring or promoting the quest for a just peace between Palestinians and Israelis. What about those of us who have Christian friends and family who are on the other side of the fence of this, who have that other interpretation of the Old Testament of um, God's promise to Israel to have a land where that they can occupy permanently? How do we interact with our Christian brothers and sisters who disagree with us on this issue? I think we need to interact with humility and love. It's very easy to get into arguments where we're trying to set each other straight on our theology and our interpretation of the Bible. I think we all need to recognize that Bible study is a very serious business and that Christians come out at different places. It's easy for us in North America to have a theology of domination and oppression which I think, I think that theology is. It, it, it's a theology that sees God as a violent, dominating kind of force in favor of one particular people. Palestinian Christians don't read the Bible in the same way. And I think we need to remind each other that there are Palestinian Christians in Palestine. A lot of people who are unquestioningly in support of everything that the Israeli government does, fail to recognize the existence of the Palestinian church. Or they will say that, yeah, there are Christians there, but their main problem is that they are suffering from Muslim extremism. And that is a myth, I think, that needs to be examined very carefully. Palestinian Christians over and over again told us in Bethlehem that their problem is the military occupation. It is not their relationship with their Muslim neighbors. And uh, you'll find Christian organizations perpetuating that myth that the problem in Israel is Muslim extremism. Muslims and Christians and Jews before 1948 lived in relative harmony for hundreds of years. Uh, so why can that not continue now? Thanks so much, Byron, for joining us and sharing these insights with me and our audience today on these difficult matters. Thank you. My pleasure.
If you would like to access resources on the theme of justice in the Middle East, visit www.commonword.ca. You're invited to join me again in just four weeks for another episode of Church Matters. We're here for you at 8.45 a.m. on the third Sunday of every month. We'd love to hear from our listeners, whether that's by email, phone, or snail mail. Tell us what's on your mind via churchmatters at mennonitechurch.ca or mail us at 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3P0M4. We're also happy to receive your phone calls and always appreciate your financial support for this program at 1-866-888-6785 or via the donate link at mennonitechurch.ca. I'm your host, Dan Dick. Know that you are called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Thanks for listening. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living. Salt and light as people of the As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living. Salt and light as people of the way.